This is Consumed, the podcast about eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers. And this season, you get two for the price of one. I'm Jamie Lewis. And I'm Matt Cross. And this is my Consumed Podcast Tap Takeover. Okay, now, Matt, what qualifies you to take over this podcast? Well, I eat, drink, think, and now make. Uh Uh-huh. Plus, I was a guest on Consumed for season five. Yes, that's right. Go back and listen to the Matt Cross episode. I will put it in the show notes. Plus, I own the Broad Street Public House in San Luis Obispo. Mm -hmm. And I know everybody on the Central Coast because I've been a local musician for decades. I've probably played for at least half of your listeners' weddings. Yes, these are all very good reasons. I'm just now remembering why this was okay with me. So, listener, with the Tap Takeover, I asked Matt to choose every guest and to join me for a chat as we get to know these guests better. These are people I've met over the years and thought they'd be good for an interesting conversation. And you were not wrong, my friend. I was not wrong. Shall we get into it? Yes, let's do it. This is Consumed. Jackie and Ryan Fields own Wild Fields Brewhouse in Atascadero, California. Matt and I really appreciate them because while they make and sell IPAs, they also make and sell... So much more than that. Jackie and Ryan brought several beers over for us to taste, and Matt and I enjoyed every one of them while we recorded. The Pine Mountain Monolith Brown Ale was my favorite. Almost all of their beers are named after spots on the Central Coast, which is really cool. We discussed Jackie and Ryan's strong lineage in the beer industry with Beechwood, Lost Abbey, and Pizza Port among the breweries they've worked for. We also talked about how to start liking sour ales, a task amazing, Bottles versus Cans, and the Fields RV named Honey Buns. Here's our talk with Ryan and Jackie Fields. Ryan and Jackie Fields of Wild Fields Brewing. Nice to have you here. Yeah, yeah. awesome to be here. Jackie, your necklace is amazing. Can you describe what that is? <laughs> it's actually a vintage uh, church key from Jack's Beer Company that was in Jacksonville in like the 1900s. So it is pretty awesome. Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. That is so cool. And it says Jax on it, which is my nickname given to me by my first mentor in the beer industry. So, And who was that? Uh, his name is Gabe Gordon. He is the founder of Beachwood Barbecue yeah. and now Beachwood Brewing um, in Southern California. Yeah. And Matt was saying that you guys came up from Southern California to Atescadero. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, Ryan's from here, but we met oh, in San yeah. Diego. I was born and raised in Orange County, but when I met him, I was hoping we could move. Um, and he didn't think he would. And <laughs> you mean to hear? Yeah. 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 And then we got pregnant and he decided to raise our kids somewhere we loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. It's one of those things when you graduate high school from like a place like Templeton, you're really thinking like, yeah, I'm probably never going to come back, you know, like onto bigger <laughs> and better things. And then you get married and have kids and your priorities change and you realize the city is for young people that want to party. <laughs> and like exactly. when you get older, you just want to go to the beach and go on a hike and raise yeah. your kids in fresh air and yeah yeah i have a my my best friend from college lives in lived in new york city she grew up there and she had a couple of babies and her older daughter was invited to a birthday party across the city and nobody has cars in new york so she had to get on a subway with her two little girls and a birthday present and get across town <laughs> and it took her the whole day to get there sounds like a plot of a home. movie yeah and she said we're moving and they moved upstate because it just, she couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> it's a lot, you yeah. know, cities and families, people do it and do it really well, but it just wasn't for us either. Yeah. Yeah. Spending that much time in the car, just getting to and from work and like, I could be hanging out with my kids right now or yeah. you got to get to school because something happened and like we can get there in 
three minutes from yeah. the brewery. You know? Three That's minutes. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. living here. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about when you were growing up, did you drink much beer and, or did, was there beer in the home? Uh, so my dad always had Sierra Nevada pale ale hmm. in the fridge Nicely and it done. was like one a day for him. I never really, yeah, saw him like drunk, but it was kind of just like, that was the beer that was always in the fridge. Yep. And, uh, and my uncle was a home brewer. So I like grew up like seeing his homebrew at like family events and stuff. And like, always thought that was kind of cool that he made his own beer. So I didn't drink really much at all until college. And then it was kind of one of those situations where I was like, kind of went to the other extreme, like kind of like really let loose (laughs) and just like drank a lot in college. And at one point I was like, my buddy came up, he's like, you want to start homebrewing? I was like, yeah, like my uncle, you see that? looked pretty cool. So we started doing that. And, um, after college, I realized I didn't want to do what I was studying anymore. What were you studying? Physics. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. And what's, what school were you? UCSD. Mm-hmm. Nicely yeah. done. So I was a pretty big nerd in, in <laughs> high school and I like, thought maybe that would be my trajectory. Like science was always like my, something I was really good at. But I also almost studied music. So I was like, always, like it's always in between art and science. So beer is this like perfect blend of yep. art Absolutely. and science. So when I found that, I actually just, I didn't really, I wasn't planning on becoming a brewer. I walked into a brewery one day and kind of just walked out with the job on the bottling line. It's kind of mm-hmm. random. And it just happened to be a really prestigious brewery that was just up and coming. Which one was it? The Lost Abbey. Oh, yes, oh, wow. of course. Yeah. So they were like a year and a half old at that point. Wow. And wow. I was able, since it was such a small crew, I was able to work up really fast and then transition over to Pizza Port. Yes. And yeah, the that's a system. good, uh, it's a good lineage. Well, yeah, right well, yeah keep giving us so you went from the, to Pizza Port. Yeah, so I, was, I got to jump over to, to be a head brewer at Pizza Port. Um, San Clemente. San Clemente. Mm-hmm. At the time before that, I was working the night shift by myself at Lost Abbey. So I got to definitely learn how to be self-sufficient mm. on the brew house. But it was also kind of driving me crazy because I was like working alone yeah. in the middle yeah. of the night. <laughs> so I got to go work as a head brewer of the brew pub, Pizza Port. In San Clemente, which was... I have never been there. I've always wanted to go. Yeah, yeah they're really... It's a really cool chain of brew pubs. They all kind of have their own identity. Yeah. And when you're the head brewer, you kind of get to... Get to you kind of run it like yours in a way. Mm-hmm. They don't, there's not a lot of oversight on what you have to brew. So you kind of have a lot of creative freedom. Well, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, then... I'm sorry to interrupt you. I see yeah. Jackie wanting to open that beer. Yeah, and I, just, I don't want to stop you. I just didn't want to interrupt. No, ah, there it is. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so after that, I... W- I had done a lot of sour beer stuff at Lost Abbey and kind of had a passion for sour beer. Knew that I was going to have to go on the back burner at Pizza Port. Um, but I met with Gabe Gordon, who is the owner of Beechwood. And part of the reason I knew him so well is because Jackie and I had started dating right at the end of my Lost Abbey uh, experience. And we moved in together. Uh, I left Beechwood to move in with Ryan. Yeah. I hung Ooh. out at Beachwood a lot because she worked at Beachwood <laughs> and I came right when back. they first opened. Yeah. So. Yep. I hung out at the bar at Beachwood a lot. I became kind of a regular there because she was working at Beachwood when we were dating. Yes, as one would. Um, and she was actually one of their original employees way back when they started just not even as a brewery, just as like a, a restaurant bar. So you really come at it from a... I mean, I think... Uh, a lot of the husbands and wives I've talked to who run businesses, they they come up together in whatever industry they're in. But you really, you were both active in the industry before you met. Yeah. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah. I've been in beer a year longer than Ryan. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I claim to fame. <laughs> and what about, so you grew up in Orange County and mm. did your parents drink beer? Uh, no, there wasn't much. Well, yeah, I guess there's pictures of me drinking Bud Light on my dad's lap when I was a little kid. Um, but no, not a big drinking family when I was a kid, necessarily. Um, I was just told don't drink, so I went overboard in mm. school, as most do, when they're told not to do something, yep. and they're very stubborn. Um, and I took a wild adventure in my life. I lived a lot of years in a few <laughs> stints um, and then got an office job and got called by an old dishwasher of mine asking if I needed a new another job serving and I was like yeah I could use a couple shifts and um, started working at Beachwood barbecue we had eight rotating taps I was only 20 years old wow. and so I instead learned beer styles and then would talk to customers about what they were tasting and mm-hmm. what they thought about it and I would just use all that information I was able to get in my brain to sell beer. Um, so it was a really cool way of learning about the yes. beer industry without participating. Um, and then I had my 21st birthday there and <laughs> drank every beer on tap. And it was just <laughs> such a, it was so fun because coming from um, maybe a darker kind of time in my life where I was hanging out with people who didn't drink for the right reasons, mm. um, I was learning a whole new way of what it meant to be a social drinker um, and to engage with people on a higher level when there's alcohol involved. And, um, you know, my my regulars are some of my best friends. Some of my regulars are now investors in our brewery. Oh, um, that's awesome. It's just, it became my second family. Um, and Ryan had not the same experience, but, you know, same concept happened and we just fell in love with it. And it, it is an extension of who we are and the people that we love. So it it's, it's been really cool. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm, no offense to Orange County, but I'm glad I'm out of there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I watched all those orange groves go to buildings mm, and yeah. watch the freeway expand and just continue to fill with cars. And I studied urban studies in oh, college. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just like I was just watching all the things I studied wanting to prevent happening. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. Orange County. That's rough. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain level of planning there that's pretty remarkable. Irvine, I'm thinking of, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just so planned out. That's where she went to college, actually. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. And this was after Beachwood. Wait a minute. Yeah. You studied urban planning at UC Irvine. I did. There, it, that is ground zero for urban planning. Yeah. Is it and like, okay, the gnarliest part. So my mom was a firefighter. And I remember calling her on like my first day of school there because I fell off life for a while and came back. So I went to school a little later. And UC Irvine's campus is built in two circles. Yeah. And you would think if you look at the map and I'm in this building and I go straight across the quad that I would end up at the... No, it like just do, it doesn't make sense. And I called my mom because she used to be stationed in Irvine. And I was like, this layout is so stupid. And she's like, dude, try getting a fire engine through that place. And I was like, I can't even imagine this. Like, that is so interesting. It should be built perfectly, but it's also still not perfect. So yeah. it, it really solidified. You cannot plan... Perfectly. Yeah. No, for me. no, totally not. I studied architecture, and there were a lot of overlaps with ur- urban yeah. planning, and I find it so interesting. I loved it because it was so interdisciplinary. Like I got to, yeah. s- I studied a lot of things, and then my minor was in community engagement, mm-hmm. um, which is what I really love the beer industry for: is its ability to do so much good in the community yeah. If, yeah. if you do it well and you do it right. So. Yeah, and community engagement sounds like you're doing a great job with that with the brewery we're trying it's also important for the business too, so it's, <laughs> yeah. i'm glad that she is good at that because i'm really good at sitting in the back 
building stuff and making <laughs> stuff. She's really good at uh, getting out there and being the face of the business and networking and mm. doing events and. I was really good at that, yeah. Yeah. Now I run a kitchen. She's good at that. She doesn't. <laughs> what are we drinking? Tell team. me about this. This is a Czech style pilsner called Riven. So we've been doing a good amount of lagers. We're sharing a glass. Okay. You keep stealing. I'm sharing a glass. There's another glass right here. That almost came out my nose. I know, but I poured too much in ours to share. Okay, good to know. Uh, so been... See how good we are together. Read each other's minds. <laughs> so we're doing a lot of lagers, um, which I think is great that craft breweries are getting a lot more into lagers these yeah, days. Yes, lager, they are. lager used to have this connotation of just being cheap and Budweiser. light and watered History. down. Yeah, yeah Budweiser, yeah. Coors. Um, but there's so much history and depth to lager beer. So, And luckily right now, because we're still kind of growing into our space, we have a good amount of tank space, which you need to make lagers. So that takes about twice as long, if not a little more, to make a lager than it does an ale. Um, so we have this space now, so we've been making a good amount, and this is a Pilsner, which is a type of lager. It's got a little bit more flavor and a little bit more bitterness than like an American light lager or like a German lager. Um, so it's got a little bit of that kind of biscuity yes. grain flavor. It's got a good, like a little bit of that hot bitterness there, but it's still really drinkable and refreshing. So it's like, it's got flavor, but it's also not overwhelming. Like I feel an like that's there's a big there's, there's been a big move towards the pilsner lager and yep. owning a beer bar uh, where it was just IPAs. Yeah. Now it's like and it's even my own palate. Like I remember there was a time where I was like as much hops as you can get in Same. it, and you know like Moylan's hopsicle and like stuff where you're just like drink this on a dare. You know it should taste mm-hmm. like pine resin and and yeah, and like you should almost not be able to get through a beer where I'm like well, that's just a lot. And then the high alcohol. You know, two or three, and I'm like, why do I want to take a nap? You know, I want to still hang out and talk to people. Um, but like, yeah, like this last year, I'm like, oh my gosh, like rediscovering the pilsners and lagers. Yeah, especially when they're good. I mean, this one, I'm not, I don't have a, a great palate, but I knew that this was a Czech style pils. Just you know, that biscuitiness. Um, I love that, and I'm happy. I've had a bad pilsner is no good, um, but this tastes great. Uh, the lagers and pilsners and stuff are tricky too because they don't have as much going on. Like flaws will eat more easily show. So mm-hmm. from a, from a technical <laughs> brewer brewing perspective, they're actually some of the hardest beers to make because there's not as much that could be in the way of off flavors are going to show a lot easier. So you got to be a lot more careful that you don't get any popping up. That's interesting. Whereas like a big stout or a big IPA, you just throw so much hops or it can be coffee masked, in there right? that it's going to yeah mask. What's over what's the one you had? It had like the farmhouse on it. Windswept fields. Yes, that was I was that one like shocked me because I when I because I, I so we know each other because I've played some music for him. We, I don't know when we officially met or if we I don't think we met till after I did a couple of shows on yeah. you, guys, you guys on Instagram, and they're like, hey, you, you want to play on our Instagram channel? We'll like give you a case of beers. Like, uh, yes, pandemic marketing. Like, what partnerships can you absolutely? Make? We can't we can't pay you, but we can give you free beer. I'm like, uh huh, yeah, it was rad. Uh, and so then my my buddies came over. And we got to try through, and we didn't, you know, but all of were beer fans. And it was like, wait, Wild Fields? We haven't, how have we not heard of this? And um, for some reason, when I heard of it. I thought it was only sours, so I was like, oh, I'm not a sour guy, so I'm not going to go check it out. And they brought me all this great beer, 
But then I we played a, we tried to do a live music after Beer Fest, which was we thought everyone would come over and party, but everyone was going home to pass out, and so yeah. no one showed up. So I'm like, just give me some beer, we'll go home. Like, this, yeah, this is not tricky. happening. We're not bringing out anybody. But that was one of them. Like, I had a couple IPAs, and I had that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so like easy, flavorful, but easy drinking Fresh. and not offensive yeah. to the palate, but but not just piss beer. I mean, it's not just yeah. it's not. Yeah. I think everyone just thinks pilsners and lagers have to be Coors Light, you know, yeah. but yeah. not have, actually have those flavors to it i found it really comical we brewed a beer for whale rock music festival oh um, it was good too yeah that, yeah, year. yeah and we so we did surf session and then for the event but we also brought windswept as something else for people to choose and so day one we had windswept and they drank right even went back and got more kegs like everyone drank all that beer what is windswept what kind of beer it's is a it? german pilsner german pils. okay so similar to the czech pilsner but like not quite as I'd say this one's just a little more bitter. Yeah, mm. yeah, a little mm. bit bigger, yeah. But so it's like just a touch less bitter. But it was really funny because people who think they didn't drink that, they had yeah. it, and they're like, "Where's where's the windswept?" I'm like, "You drank it all." And they're like, "Wait, what?" And I'm like, "You guys are hilarious." And, yeah, and yeah. Like, I don't day, want a pilsner. Yeah, just on a hot day it. like that, it was so perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I promise uh, you'll like it. Just yeah, it. I think at the brewery, the uh, the glass, so the pilsner glass is the really tall, skinny one yeah. that just kind of has like let people realize what a pilsner is even more because they see the glass they recognize that and it's like part of the experience too so mm-hmm. we get a lot of people that just the recognition of the word pilsner now has become a thing to where people come in and they'll ask specifically ask for a pilsner yeah which has made them even more popular too that it just helps that when people can recognize terms and understand them because a lot of times yeah. you'll put a beer up and it, people might like it but if they don't recognize the term or the name and they don't know what it is they're not going to order it yes so. i remember my mom who is not much of a beer drinker, um, or at least at the time she wasn't, she went for a pale ale because I think she thought it meant pale means light. Um, (laughs) And if that's what you're going into it thinking when you have a Sierra Nevada, you know, that's not what that is. And so it works on the opposite direction too of people having good understanding of what they're you know what's in their glass yeah well yeah like something almost seven eight years ago if, if it wasn't ipa i almost didn't touch it you know yeah. until we went to italy and i think that like there's nothing but pilsner in italy so i was like right. oh, and it kind of developed it. On, yeah. yeah yeah you get it, but you have a you know, couple good ones and it's mm-hmm. like oh that's interesting you know yeah. yeah i thought i didn't like heineken until i was in amsterdam yeah. i ordered the house beer and i was like this is actually really good yeah. Yeah. i'm like wait this is not Heine- this is not heineken and they're like, yeah, no, it's just fresh. And you're like, oh, fresh and it, fresh well, beer. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. <laughs> we, when, when my husband and I were living in New Zealand, he worked for a brewery called Moa that the head brewer was, before he was at Moa, he was the head brewer at the St. Lucia Heineken plant. So every area has, like Corona in the U.S. isn't the same as Corona in Mexico, isn't mm-hmm. the same as Corona in South Africa or wherever. And so he had the St. Lucia palette for Heineken in the Caribbean. So yours may have been different. It probably was. I was was 17, so I learned a lot at that age. I want to take a minute to shout out to a couple of good friends of this podcast. Consumed is sponsored by Mid-State Containers Cargo Storage Containers and Refrigerated Shipping Containers for sale and rent in California. You may not understand how mid-state containers could change your life, but the truth is many, many guests on the Consumed podcast use mid-state for their projects. Containers can serve as wine storage units for case goods, for private collections, and even tasting rooms. They can be refrigerated storage containers for breweries, kegs, and fruit during harvest for wineries. 
Mid-State Containers outfits coolers and freezers for ranchers, farmers market growers, orchards, and butchers. Containers can make great pop-up coffee bars and berry containers for root cellars. My guest from Season 10, Krista Flieger, from Lonely Palm Ranch, uses her Mid-State Container for an office on her property. Other ideas include schoolrooms, music and photography studios, and there are other things that can be grown, stored, and processed in a Mid-State Container, so use your imagination and get on their website to request a quote, midstatecontainers.com. Once more, I want to give love to a couple other podcast friends. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining local, organic, and non-GMO standards. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. With a mission to empower health and well-being in the community, they offer local produce, meats, low-to-no-waste foods, and wellness items. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store on their website at slowfood.coop and visit Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. What, so this is Pine Mountain Monolith. This is our Pine goal. Mountain Monolith. Yeah. That is awesome. How recent did you make this? Uh, so we the first time we brewed it, was right a year and a half ago yeah. or right after okay right when the- like we jumped on on it pretty fast because we're like this is just cool that a tascadero has kind of get put on the map a little bit because right. it was like the third monolith to pop up we got like a guardian yes. article about it and like so we're like we really like doing local themed beers so we're like let's jump on this and make a cool beer out of it yeah because the alps group the atascadero land preservation association mm. Um, they maintain the trails in Atascadero, yeah. and they fell in love with our Three Bridges Brown Ale, um, which was our other brown. It's for like we're g- and they will come in and drink all the brown ale. And it's like we're going to name all our brown ales after this group because they're <laughs> yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So we're trying to do it off trail. Yeah, it's been really cool to seeing all your, like all your local names. Like it's been really yeah. fun to watch that and see how creative you guys have gotten with it. But it definitely brings that back home a town vibe for sure. Yep. Yeah. Does Riven have any any kind of local roots? The name? No, that is just kind of. A random name. Yeah. I, sometimes I'll just it's scour the. Well, so it started as a random name. I think it's like a video game character. So I'll just like look for inspiration anywhere. You could just scour the internet or Wikipedia or song lyrics or video game character names. Yeah. And then if one sounds cool, this one sounded cool, but it also felt like it had an appropriate time and place because it was right when the pandemic hit when we made this beer. And Riven kind of just felt like what we were going through. Being, yeah. Uh, just everything was kind divided. of, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, um, the, the first sentence of the can says, the year is 2020. We are Riven. <laughs> kind of like a Terminator intro. Yeah. Right. Monologue or something. How, how much earlier before the pandemic were you open? <laughs> Three months. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> so so I remember watching, like, hearing about it and then. Oh. And then, like, then I started following your Instagram, and I was like, "Oh, we got the the air conditioner, and time we're getting this done. This is a real." I'm like, "Oh, man, we're gonna have to check this place out." And I was like, "We got everyone got shut down." I was like, "Oh gosh." Yeah, we had just filled up all the tanks. We had so yeah. much beer. <laughs> yeah, it's been a rough go, but you've made. I mean, you're we're here. We're still standing. Yeah. yeah, the fact that you're still. St- I mean, that says something. <laughs> like, yeah. You can start at the beginning of a pandemic and just still be open around. Yeah. That's like all we know at yeah. this point. There's like no normal for us. Like it's just like I know. Uh, I just got the 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 t- next Tuesday is the mask. No more masks inside. I was like, for now, please anyway. God, please God, please God. Yeah. <laughs> Things have been getting picking up quite a bit the last few months too. Yeah. We had a really good holiday season. Well, we just. I mean, the last time we opened, January we just said we have to stay open. 
like we can't yeah. keep closing. It was making business hard, but our daughter had bad lungs. She's vaccinated now, so that helps. Mm. Um, it's just hard. Yeah. It was all hard, and I think it was hard for everyone in different ways. For us, it was like our family comes first. That's why we open our own business so that we yes. can make choices mm-hmm. that make sense for us. So we had to homeschool and make sure my mother-in-law who takes care of them while we're at work is safe and healthy. And That's yeah. good that you have support like that. Yeah. Yeah. How so, old are your kids? Uh, four and seven. Oh, you are, you're right in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, part, of, part of it was I told Ryan I wanted to move and start the brewery before our daughter started kindergarten um, because I moved at the end of middle school before high school and that was just brutal. Oh, that yeah. is formative, um, yeah. And I don't want to, I was like, if we know this is where we're going to end up, like, let's just be there and I don't want to do that to our kids if we can avoid it. Um, there's also, my thought is young kids are kind of crazy and there's a lot going on, but they don't have all these extracurricular activities yet. You're not yeah. taking them to Boy Scouts and camp trips and yeah. band practice. So like, mm-hmm. it's, I think it would actually be some ways easier to start a business when they're young yeah. versus Absolutely. when they're older, you got all these other after school. Hopefully we miss less this way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're actually, you're so right. I, I made a conscious decision at the beginning of this year. My kids are... Um, 11 almost 12 and 9 and when they were little I made a point of staying home when they were really little and I honestly think that they need me more now than they ever did (laughs) when they were little now it would be hard for us to start a business now I can totally see what you mean when they're little they kind of it's they're difficult but they roll with everything Mm -hmm. because there's no they don't have agency to go off and yeah start a new activity or whatever um yeah that would be that would be the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when my when my girls were two to five, I was playing six, seven nights a week, and now I'm like maybe two for yeah. one, one or two max. You know, because yeah. you do you want to be there, and especially when the, the stuff they remember, you want to have those yeah. at home memories, and I want to cook dinner and sit at the table with them. And, yeah, and they have questions, and you can also at this age you can kind of you start to see the the window closing a little bit on mm-hmm. oh they're gonna start detaching more and more and eventually be their own person which is unacceptable yeah <laughs> right unacceptable. well you mentioned the the your passion for science and art which is a such a great balance because i'm definitely 90 percent art and 100 percent art and zero science <laughs> so when i'm like i'm gonna brew beer at home i'm like oh, absolute grit what the hell? I'm just going home. Like, I'm like, you don't just pour stuff in a bucket and have friends over and then just have beer in a, a month and have it be perfect, you know? And I was like, so people are like, why don't you brew? I'm like, dude, it's hard. It like, hard. yeah. And like, and I feel like a lie home brew. I'm like, I know it's hard. You're proving it's hard because yeah. I've had yours and it tastes like band-aids and armpits and it's, <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. I tell people all the time that home brewing is harder than professional brewing. Really? Because of the yeah. gear? Because when I go to work, I have thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Yeah. I can have every temperature to the exact like Fahrenheit that I want. I have the like all this control, you know. And with all the, when you're home brewing, you kind of have to wing it with what you have. Mm-hmm. Stick it in and the closet. There's <laughs> certain, <laughs> so true in the bathtub. <laughs> and there's certain things that you need to do, like minimize oxygen uh, pickup and like control temperature and doing these things without thousands of dollars worth of equipment is really hard. So I, I mean, it's actually. I think, I think I think the reverse is also true. Someone gets really good at home brewing and they think, sure, I can do 
fifty thousand. But you know, they like scale. I can just go move into this big thing and they're like, oh, and yeah. they panic, and it's like you get to, you'll see like this excellent home brewer, and they move into a big production facility, and they're like overwhelmed and can't make good beer too. So I, I think that. that's yeah, very yeah. No, I would definitely always recommend to people that want to start their own brewery to get some professional experience first before diving into it. I mean, I've definitely seen people successful from home brewer to professional, like doing it. Like it's definitely possible, but. Mm-hmm. I definitely wasn't going to do that. Yeah, I, so, I spent 10 years as a professional brewer before we took the dive. And did right. Yeah. Which just seems like a good arrangement for sure on the job training and all that. Yeah. I mean, there's so much else you have to learn when you start a business. You know, there's like such oh this a huge learning curve that, and I didn't want beer to be part of that. Like, right. I wanted yeah. the beer to be one of the easier, like that's the easy part. Now we can focus on all this other stuff we had to learn about. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you came in um, your gateway to, to selling your own stuff was sours. Is that right? Is that, did I get that right? Uh, so at Lost Abbey, I definitely developed a passion for sour beer. After, pizza port. Why? How? Why? Well, uh, I mean, it was, it was one of the... I am not a sour person. Yeah. I explain. The first one I ever had, definitely, I wasn't like, love at first sight. It took sight me two years thing. to find a sour that really? changed my palate. Or hit my palate the right way for me to start appreciating it. It's like mushrooms or artichoke or yeah. um, anchovies, right? If you yeah. you have it in your body, it's just like no. Mm-hmm. And then you have it the right way, and you're like, oh, maybe I don't hate this. Mm. So there's hope for me. There is like mind opening experiences. Yeah. yeah. And like sitting down with a professional, like Tommy Arthur, who was the head brewer of Lost Abbey, was one of the first people to start making sour beer in America, like kind of bringing it over from like tradition over from Europe. And like sitting down and trying fit like 40 different barrels that are all different with him and just hearing what he's picking up out of each barrel yeah. and all the nuances. And like when you start having experiences like that, that's when it really starts kind of clicking and making sense. Mm-hmm. And then also having access to all these amazing European beers because yeah. just being in the industry with people that have these connections, like we're, we'd be able to drink a lot of like the really fancy and like sought after beers from from Belgium yeah. and then when you have they're just much different too like the Belgians do it so well yeah. and a lot of American sour beers don't hold a candle to yeah. the to the real thing my husband and I are going to Belgium fingers crossed uh, in a few months and Matt Brindelson with Firestone lives down the street and we were talking to him and he was like you got to taste the sour somewhere in Belgium I can't remember and I was like no he's like just please just trust me on this and so we'll give him one chance one chance um but yeah sours are such an acquired taste i think it's definitely not for everyone a lot of the the stuff that we try to make too it's lambic inspired so it's it's inspired by the belgian lambic tradition and they can be really funky and like have a lot of like goaty barnyard cheesy kind of just these flavors that you normally don't get in clean beer it's like Mm -hmm. the opposite of what you would want in a clean beer (laughs) but it's like a i compare it probably the most to like a really funky aged cheese you know and how that yeah you're gonna love it or hate it you know Mm -hmm. which i do like aged cheese yeah Yeah. and what i love is when i give it to people because they're like well i've had sours and i'm like okay you've had sours you haven't had this sour and they'll try and they're like oh and granted, not everyone likes it, but a lot of people are like, this isn't what, what I, I think of. Yeah. And I'm like, I know. And so part of our jobs is to teach people yeah. and expand their, just like you might not like a brown ale if I tell you it's brown ale, but if you tell yeah. me some other things and I give it to you, you might like it. Yeah. So yeah. 
Um, I had a bad experience with I won't name the name of the other brewery in town that uh don't have to, yeah. <laughs> that I, and I, I, I tried they're like we'll we'll take you through it I'm like these are all just bad I don't know mm. what to say I can't do this anymore mm. and that's I mean that's the hard part about being in this industry right it's mm-hmm. like okay well if we know what our intentions are we just have to stay focused on that yeah. and hope that people trust us enough to give us the opportunity to change their well and I think when, when you totally. try like in a, a, other breweries if I like every other beer you're putting out I'm like okay I'll give it a try like, yeah. you're making yes, th- those other now. seven are really good so I gotta give this one a shot you know mm-hmm. it's when you don't it's when you tr- if you don't like any of them there's not one's one's just not gonna pop at the end so yeah, yeah. oh and I respect people trying to educate for sure yeah. I mean I think about all the wines that I wouldn't have tasted if I wasn't curious I'm open to sours I just I think part of it is I'm at an age now where I'm not going out all the time and I'm not consistently changing my palate, you know, going around curious, interested. I'm home with my family. Yeah. Um, I think if you'd caught me maybe like 15 years ago, I'd probably be all over it. <laughs> you know. um, so tell me about this brown ale. It seems really rich. I love brown ales. Yeah. So this is more of like the English style brown ale, yes. where it's not as chocolatey. It's a little more like I get a lot of kind of roasted nuts. Yeah, I get a hazelnut kind of on yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on the lighter side, uh, like ABV wise, it's mm-hmm. 5.4, so it's not like some browns can get up into like the six range. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this one's more, I'd say, like a summer brown ale mm-hmm. um, where you could like take it on a hike or just have it on a hot day, or you could have it like around a fire or something. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a really versatile beer. Yeah. It also won us a gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival. Congratulations. Oh my gosh. So that was really cool. And a gold medal. And a gold medal at the California Craft Brewers Cup. Nice. Look at this. That's so funny. <laughs> She's looking at you like, and mention that. Yes. Yeah. Toot that horn. I think it's wonderful. And we got the World Beer Cup coming up here in a couple yeah. months. So. What did you enter? Uh, we entered a lot of darker beers and a couple sours so we entered this beer our other brown ale which is an american brown ale uh, our scottish ale porter oatmeal stout um and then our two sour beers yeah i mean you can enter into ipa but the ipa categories are so Just, impacted it's, like it's hard to yes. so it's like, and it's cool if you win because that means you really are like i feel like the the ipas now are just so Hot, like I mean, it's almost like you can't give it a fair evaluation. It's almost like what did the judge drink last yeah. or something, you know? It's like yeah. it just it just burns at your taste buds out mm-hmm. after a while. You can't even like start to pick out nuances because you're like, this is just so much. Like I I yeah I sampled like four or five from another brewing town, and I, he's like, how'd you like the last one? I'm like I don't know. I can't. I'm like I'm just done. <laughs> when yeah. we're judging like the homebrew competition, for me, it's whatever I pick up again. Like, do I want to pick this up again? Oh, that. interesting. It's like su- almost subconscious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh, I had a question for you. What was it? Oh, what's it like being in a Tascadero and opening a business there? It seems to be just blowing up. <laughs> I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my background, super nerdy, um, and so I'd been watching. Kind of, we knew we were going to end up somewhere, so Paso or San Luis, and we weren't. We figured somewhere it was on one the of those coast. two, Paso or San Luis. Yeah, because yeah. you know the coastal communities are really cool, but they're so small to make the size of brew house. We knew we kind of wanted to go for and be able to get the square footage we would need to mm. make the revenue. To hit, you know what I mean? So all these things pop in our head. And we're like, okay, well, Paso or San Luis, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then Atascadero 
helped sponsor the first Central Coast Brewers Guild Festival. And so we were like, well, that's curious. They're throwing money. I was running the Orange County Brewers Guild at the time. And so my friend was helping with the festival and he told me all these things about the city. I was like, no city does that. Yeah. I want to talk to these people. I want to know more because it, we'd been visiting his mom there for eight years at the time and it was so sleepy. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It's like, what is this town up to? Had not found its identity yet. No. Yeah. Um, and so we met with the city and they were just so excited for mm-hmm. our vision and the zoning was really available to us, which is not common in a lot of cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and just connected us with our current landlord and we're very much in our corner and have been super easy to work with. The yeah. city had just, or not just, the city had moved out of the building we were in like four years before and had took, it had taken them like four years to figure out how to sell it and get it into a, a private owner's hands. So we had- Oh, the city, like administration the ci- It was it. city hall it's a, for oh, 10 years. So really? the earthquake happened and the rotunda. Yeah needed to be earthquake proofed because it had gotten damaged so they had to move out of the rotunda for like nine years while it got renovated so they moved into the old bowling alley yes um which there's a whole story of that which i go into but i think it's really cool that brown ale is winning us gold medals um rest (laughs) in peace galen um and so then they moved out and they had to go through all these hoops to sell it because they had of entity issues um and then they sold it to our landlord and he had bought it while he was and then we signed our lease like yeah, right so like right when she had set up a meeting with the city while we were at this beer festival and hang, and we I think we brought the kids up. They stayed with my mom because my mom has lived in Atascadero for a while. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, we literally just sold this building to someone and we want something really fun for the downtown. Like we don't want more offices and more like dentists. dentists. Yeah, like we want something that's gonna bring people into and make it a downtown feel. So when we told them about what we wanted to do, which was like very family friendly mm-hmm. uh, brewery. They were super stoked on it. Yeah. And it's yes. been, Tuscadero is, uh, we, we are up and coming. Um, it, but for real. But for I real. Mean, really, really, it's true. And Thank I think you. all of us, the business owners that I talked to, right, that opened before the pandemic, we were just, we were all so like, okay, all right, we're investing in this town and this town is going to be something, right? We're all heading somewhere. And then the pandemic hit and we all just looked at each other like, oh, snap. Did we just <laughs> like fall back like 10 years, you know? Like, where are we actually making, where is this momentum going yeah yeah are all these projects gonna get yeah and like, luckily everyone most of us held in there I think um, they did. and yeah. it's yeah. and it's really mom and pop driven which i think is yeah. really cool um the city yes looks at bigger companies because they need that tax revenue mm-hmm. but at the end of the day they're really in the corner of small businesses yeah. because that's what a tascadero mm-hmm. is and i think it's really really beautiful yeah um, that well, and that area that you're in was waiting. It was yeah. waiting, and it needed a critical mass to move in with the right ideas, and I think with the right demographic. Mm-hmm. And it's just been so. I always look forward to going up there, um, and that wasn't always the case. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a task amazing, as my friend. Yeah. It is. Yeah, well, like within two blocks, of you guys isn't it? Isn't Dead Oak and Forger? Yeah, and we're the, all I mean, walking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's open yeah. container. Isn't it? Isn't yeah. that- we were just talking to Eric about that yesterday. <laughs> Fun oh, fact about Tesla. Yeah. yeah. So that's why we did 16-ounce crawlers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if folks don't know, a crawler is a can we can fill and seam on site. So if we don't have one of our prepackaged beers that you want available, you can can it up and take it to go. But take a lot of the sunken A lot of folks yeah. have 32-ouncers, and we were like, well, that doesn't work. Yeah, because yeah, that's a lot of beer to drink while walking, yeah. and it's hard when there's that much beer coming yeah. in your face. <laughs> um, 
And this was before we started canning because we thought we weren't going to do that for a long time. Mm. Um, but pandemic push. Um, <laughs> but we love it because we can can anything and say, hey, yeah, walk over Sun Gardens. I take my kids over there. They ride their bikes. I drink yeah. a beer. That's awesome. Oh, we make wishes beautiful. in the fountain. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You can fly a kite. You uh-huh. can play frisbee. A lot of people need, listeners need to know that it's super family friendly, mm. like a fun game area. I mean, if you're right. looking for a place to take the kids, drink beer, and not feel guilty, like this is the place. Yeah. And not feel guilty. Oh, my God. Yeah. And even I if you don't drink beer. <laughs> yeah. The kids walk in and are immediately... See all the eyes. games, and they just oh. like run over there, and the pe- parents are immediately like, you just see them breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. Like they walk over to the bar, and like it's all an open format. So even if you're at the bar, like you can see everything in the whole yeah. space. So yeah. you can not feel guilty sitting at the bar having a beer while your kids playing a video game because we're all hanging out in the same room, but we all kind of have our own areas, and it's just a great yeah. time for everyone. Yeah. yeah, and so the so you're in the kitchen because mm-hmm. employees are impossible to find. Uh, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so food, you decided to go probably for the family friendliness to go with a brew pub. Yeah. Um, I'm. Yes. So food, we originally wanted to do a sausage-based menu because, mm-hmm. right, we have tons of burger joints, tons of pizza joints, lots of Mexican food in Atascadero. Yeah. Like, what's different? We went with sausages. Luckily, we've closed a few times, so we've always had a chance to go back and refresh the menu. <laughs> Silver lining, because yeah. it's hard to do when your restaurant is open and fully running. Yeah. Um, and so now it's kind of split half and half between dogs and burgers so we have um like an elote burger we do which is really fun um i have a carrot dog i make in house so it's a a vegan banh mi with pickled veggies on it uh, made out of a solid carrot that we marinate and boil Um, oh my gosh i'm very willing to try that and then we also have you know just fun things like onion dip and artichoke dip and mac and cheese um soft pretzels so it's really i call it homestyle pub grub um, it's the stuff I grew up as a kid eating. It's the stuff I want to eat when I'm drinking a beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of our, we try to keep our prices really affordable so that, cause we know how hard it is as a family to take your kids out to yeah, eat. Yeah. You're like, did I just spend a hundred dollars to argue with you over yeah. a $12 plate of <laughs> oh noodles? Yeah. So like, been there. Don't want to do it. Uh, half pint menu too. So you can get like just a hot dog and some apple slices for your kid. So you oh, don't that's have to, awesome. You don't have to get $6. them a full adult meal and hope that they eat it. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh, you're I need that for one. I've got separate. I've got one food, little foodie and one that's like, is it is it burger or pizza or pasta? Yeah. And I'm out. Is yeah. it white or brown? Yeah. Because if it's not. Yeah, then I'm yeah. not eating it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I brought my son one time to a cafe here. It's like a vegan place. And he said, I want a hot dog. This is when he was probably three or four. I want a hot dog. I want a hot dog. And I was like, well, they don't have them here. Uh, but they do have something called, I'm so sorry, this cafe, I'm going to call it out, but it's called a Siddhartha dog and it's like tempeh and it's a hot dog. So that's what you're going to get. And it showed up, the waitress put it in front of him and he burst into tears, like squirted tears out the side because it just didn't look like a hot dog. <laughs> anyway, yeah. And that was like a $15 yeah. excursion and I, for and him. I get it. I, I live in the restaurant world. I've been in the restaurant world since I was 12, um, but it's. I'm like, I just want people to relax. Yeah, yeah. I just want you to take the stress off of you, put it on our team, and let you have a good time. And spending money for food that your kid's not even going to touch is a waste of your energy and ours. It's painful, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, I even had one guy, I made him, I didn't realize the burger bun, because we toast the inside and the outside, right? Because it's important. Um, (laughs) And I I didn't realize the bun was for a kid's cheeseburger at the time, right? And it's just a patty and cheese and a bun, and that's all we do. 
And I went to the servitor and I was like, I'm so sorry. Is your kid going to freak because it has the toasted ring at the top? And he's like, uh, it's fine. And I was like, but is your kid going to freak? He's like, maybe. And I was like, if he does, will you please just come back? I yeah. will make you a new bun. I'm so sorry. I was thinking it was for an adult. Yeah. Gee, are you a mom by any chance? Yeah. I was always like this before I had children. Somehow. Okay. So yeah. is this uh, is this your first time back in the house kitchen, like like yeah. cooking? Mm-hmm. So it's been a huge learning curve. Yes. Um, I'm really fortunate in the people that I worked for. I always worked for mom and pop businesses. So when you do that, you're you're pretty much trained in a yes. lot of things mm-hmm. that wouldn't normally fall in your job description. Um, and many, many, many times I texted Gabe from Beachwood because I helped them from like opening develop their restaurant. Oh, wow. And not develop it, but like I was a huge part in that, right? I helped make the checklist and I helped figure out processes. And I, Gabe and I would sit down and talk about best practices. And so I was really fortunate to, to learn with him. And he is an amazing chef. Um, and so even learning how to close down the kitchen. Mm. So then when he finally got comfortable enough to go home at night, um, one of us would have to go in the kitchen and do a, a closing checklist. And so I got to learn so handy. that, right? Awesome. I got to learn how to expo. Yeah, yeah. Um, I learned a lot of things that, and I love cooking. I cook at home. Brian will walk in the house half the time and be like, oh, did you have a recipe for that? I'm like, no, I just, this is a, just stuff out of the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I love cooking. And then I have all this experience. So, so it's been okay I would prefer to be in the front of the house telling people about beer and just making sure the food looks good. But yeah. The um, food's been great. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. So if you're looking for a kitchen job, hit up uh, Wildfields. Please do. Yeah. If you Gosh. love cooking and you love a good team, because my team is awesome, you can't go wrong. As I speak, one of my sponsors, James Onaveros, is in New York City pouring at the Wine and Spirits Top 100 Wineries event. And why? because Native Nine Wine has been named one of the top 100 wineries in the world, along with a couple other consumed alums, Scar of the Sea, Aubon Clement, and Tally Vineyards. It's incredible to think how each of these people and their wineries started at the bottom and worked their way up. For James, wine, and particularly Pinot Noir, has been a lifelong pursuit. You can learn all about James, the land he lives on and works, and his wines during a private tasting at the ranch in Santa Maria Valley. As the folks at Ranchos de Anaveros say, this is not your average tasting experience. Plan to be out there for like two to three hours and bring your boots. For more information, visit ranchosdeanaveros.com. The Consumed Podcast is sponsored by Slow Life Magazine, a semi-monthly lifestyle publication that highlights what makes San Luis Obispo so special. I write the food column for Slow Life, and we've sort of changed up the format in recent months, and I really like where it's headed. I've been featuring just one local food-related business and really drilling down to discover what makes it tick. For the April 2022 issue, I interviewed Fabian Tefera about her Ethiopian takeout restaurant, Ebony Slow. Yep, you may recognize Fabian's name because she was on the first season of this podcast in 2019. If you want to know more about Ebony Slow and Ethiopian food here on the Central Coast, check out that issue of Slow Life Magazine or visit slowlifemagazine.com. I don't know that I've ever had an India Pale Lager. <laughs> We're yeah, on to our next good. one. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is So good. this is a fun one. We basically take an IPA recipe and we brew it with lager yeast instead of ale yeast. So... 
the difference between an ale and a lager, which is basically the two general categories of like all clean, like most beers fit in, is which species of yeast you're using to ferment the wort and turn that into beer. So an ale is going to ferment warmer and faster and produce more esters and more kind of fruity flavors. Uh, lager is going to ferment colder and slower. It's going to uh, ferment a little cleaner and not have as many of those esters, but it, it takes, you have to lager it, which is a process where you basically cool the, the beer down to close to 32 degrees and let it sit there for at least four or five weeks. And then all the yeast just uh, slowly, slowly settle out uh, over time and the beer gets really bright and clear. Um, so this basically is going to taste very similar to an IPA, mm-hmm. but it's just going to have that twist. But cleaner of, and lighter. So much cleaner and lighter. Yeah. Yes. Not have as much of those fruity esters, but uh, still have I'm, a lot of I, that fruity pop. I need so to make a note to contact Nick to get this at the pub. It's I. This beer is one of those ones, right? Because in your head it's like, oh, it's an IPA. And you yeah. take your first few sips and you have to like remind your brain that the it, it's going to be different. Yeah. Because at first I was like, I don't know. Oh, oh. And then after I have a few steps, I'm like, oh, wait, no, okay, this yeah. is great. Oh, it's just it. reconfiguring your brain and, to And register. what we're drinking right now is the Montagna de Oro IPL. Oh, okay. So another uh, landmark-themed uh, beer mm-hmm. off of the uh, the state park here. And the label came out really amazing, too. It's yeah. Like yes. a, it's like a cartoonish. T- who, who did pic- it for you? Like real, it's like a real picture that then was like drawn um, into like an art. Yeah. We have this amazing gal I met while running the Orange County Brewers Guild, it was a husband and wife team, and they reached out to me asking how they could become our graphic design team mm. for the guild. Mm. Um, and working with them was just so easy for me, mm. and we left, and I was sad to see that relationship end in our professional format. And when we came up here, I was trying to find someone to design our logo. I was trying to find someone to come on board as our graphic designer. And it was just, nothing was clicking. Things were a lot more work than I wanted them to be. And I was like, I can't do this. this is, I need someone I can just like, this is what we're thinking. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> and so we went back to Julie and she, Ryan will try and draw like a graphic representation of the beer mm-hmm. for our beer signs. So if you've ever been into the pub, we, we have full like colorful designed beer signs. Mm-hmm. And so we'll send her that if it goes into a can and like this is the description and this is where the inspiration came from. And then she kind of, Rolls with, it. rolls with it it's amazing though like we'll send i'll send her a name and maybe like a brief idea of some idea like maybe a couple different things like oh maybe maybe like red or like yeah. or like <laughs> very basic or yeah. like vague have yeah. there be a monolith on it or something and then yeah. within like one or two weeks she'll come back with like an amazing thing and like there's only been a few times where we've said like i think maybe one time out we've of scrapped 40 it. that we're like mm-hmm. let's just go with a different idea because it was very phallic um yeah <laughs> and then i told her about it and i wrote it back i'm like i don't know how to say this but and then she looks she's like now i can't unlook at it and I'm, like, I'm sorry yeah we don't have penis no penis on the shelf thank you <laughs> yeah these are beautiful the artwork is really pretty you were saying something about you were trying to decide between cans and bottles at one point. What was that discussion like? Why did you opt for this? I still I, like I, bottles. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I think the, the whole industry just went to cans. Like, the whole industry yeah, went to cans. Like, like 15 years ago, you couldn't find a good canned no. beer. And now it's like, you're like, that's in a bottle? I also <laughs> would like 12-ounce cans, but Ryan likes 16-ounce cans. It's so. not that I like 16-ounce <gasps> cans. It, you got to make what sells at a certain point. Like, and this and is... Every yeah. other microbrewery, I mean, it's like, that's the thing. It's like, is it real? Like, Yeah. 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 Yep. And yeah. there's a perception, um, and I say make what sells, like, we, we there's certain... 
times you have to pick your battles, right? Like they, we do pick our battles in certain styles that we just don't want to make because uh, we don't want to go that direction or whatever. And like we want to make beer that we are really passionate about. When it comes to packaging, the 16 ounce can has become the craft beer symbol. Yes. It just when you see a beer in a 16 ounce can, you're like, that's a craft beer. Mm-hmm. You see it in a 12 ounce can, not everyone thinks that's a craft beer. And they also don't understand the price point as much. They expect it to cost as much as a 12 ounce can of Coors Light for some reason. Right, right. You put in a 16 ounce can and then they're fine charging the, the proper amount for it, which and is the interesting just kind of mental Yeah, It is thing. all mental, yeah. yes. And as much as I love bottles, there are packaging issues with bottles, mainly because glass and metal change at different rates during different temperatures, mm-hmm. and so they can allow more oxidization into the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and the UV lights through the glass. It's way cheaper to way cheaper to can. Cheaper. <laughs> I, the I mean, me- I the, the material is just cheaper. It's it's just better for everyone. But to be real, there was that like bottle recycling. Comp- There's been I I've tried I've tried to fight for the bottles hard because yeah. like we could recycle them and people can bring them back and get a, you know yeah. a discount. But will they? But will they? And how will they? And what do we do? And yeah. So yeah. here we are. <laughs> if you want to just throw a four pack in your, in your backpack and go to Montana de Oro, like welcome to marriage. Like in the cancer. Life. Well, so I want to hear. Actually, I want to hear your argument for the twelve ounce can. Oh, um, I just prefer less beer to serve because a twelve ounce can if you pour it into a sixteen ounce glass and you pour it correctly and it actually has the head. Yeah. Um, it fills up your sixteen ounce pint glass. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's a real serving size. Also, when I drink in a can, by the time I get to the end of the 16 ounce, the last couple ounces usually are too warm for me to drink, and I, I dump know. them anyways. The yeah. venom. So, the venom. Yeah, the spit and yeah. the last bit it's of the beer. Crap. It's like, it's like, the joke like when the someone goes, someone's like this, and they're like, oh, you haven't tried it yet? You tried <laughs> yeah. that. And you're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> yeah, kind of warm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's inevitable. When we're camping or we're just like hanging in the yard, you know, I get down to those last few ounces, and I haven't gotten them yet, and they're warm, and I'm just like, no, I'm not drinking, yeah. I'm not drinking <laughs> yeah. that. Um, One of my good friends, she gets it to about there. She was about <laughs> three quarters of the way down. She just, I'll just, it'll just be gone, and I'll see her get another one, and I'll walk around, come out a couple times, and I'm like, come on, that's wasteful. Hey, Adi, this is what's going on here. She's like, I don't, I just want that part. I'm like, yeah. Let's you guys split one. Maybe. When I'm at home, I'll get a glass out. I'll pour half of a 16 ounce can into it, put that in the fridge. Yes. The oh, there rest, you go. And then I'll drink that, and then by the time I'm done with that, I'll go pour the rest. Yeah. Speaking of warm beer, we have one more to go. <laughs> and I'm sorry if it doesn't show as well because I didn't put it in the fridge. That's fine. We had it on ice in the car. So. Okay. So uh, Mouse Rock, that's a, isn't that a thing in Cambria? Yeah, it's, a, it's actually oh, kind of funny. We had three nice. landmark beers for, uh, out of four. Right yeah. So Mouse Rock is actually an underwater feature out uh, Cayucas. So it's, if you look yes. out from the pier, there's a buoy out there. That's Mouse Rock. To the left of the pier. If you're on the pier, isn't it out to the left? I think a little, yeah. Yes. It, it's, I guess it depends on how north or south you're looking. But it's, it's like very close to the pier. Yes. Well, so, like, okay. One of my best yeah. friends lives in Cayuga. He's a big surfer. My wife grew up in Cambria. So I'm like, I, I've no, if, I'm like, I didn't know where it was. But I know it's somewhere there. So yeah. I know. When we drive down the PC, he'll be like, it's right there. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> But is it? Is yeah. it? <laughs> it's actually on Google Maps. If you look, I write for tourism on Highway 1. And so when I've had to explain certain things on the tourism site, I go onto Google Maps just to fully understand what I'm looking at. And Mouse Rock, there it is. Yeah. and It's I, a landmark. I love mm-hmm. beer names also that are somewhat subtle to where you only get the reference if you really know. Right. So it's not like super... So like we, the can art is we of like... Rocker. It looks like kind of a weird music gen- genre. So yeah. it's like heavy metal... 
kind of can label. So people <laughs> yes. are like, it seems like some kind of weird genre of music, like yeah. what's mouse rock, yeah. you know, like <laughs> that was modest mouse plays. I don't yeah. know. Like, no, Midget metal. Be a genre. <laughs> um, Little person metal. But people, the people that are locals that know will see it and go, oh yeah, mouse rock. Yeah. So well, I was like, that was like your eight town uh, beach, uh, Atascadero yeah. Beach, Mexican yes. Lager. Yeah. It's also on Google Maps. So talk about Atascadero Beach. What's that? I'll let Jackie talk about that one. That's yeah. her. Um, so when the founder of Atascadero purchased Atascadero, he also purchased a parcel of land out on the shore. So when you purchased land in Atascadero, you got oceanfront property as well, or beach land. What an arrangement. Um, and they marketed it, because this is back when there was only newspapers and like wagons. <laughs> um, and so they marketed it as a coastal community, a beach community. Mm-hmm. And so you would buy your parcel of land in Atascadero and then you would have your beach property as well. What I think is so cool about Atascadero and why I love it is because I need sunshine and I get plenty of it in town. Yeah. But they also built Highway 41 so that you could get from Atascadero to the beach. Um, and for a very long time, it was a one-way highway. So, yeah, you could only go west until 2 p.m. And then you could only go east after 2 p.m. Interesting. Yeah, because the road was so hard to get around and you needed space because this is back on, like, Ford T's, right? right. Um, And then Halfway Station, if you've been there, was the gas station. Yes, I was just going to mention Halfway Station. And they do an amazing job. They sell so much of our beer. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I they have. Oh my gosh, you have to go. Oh, and then they have botch ball. Your kids would even like it. There's botch ball. We've done it just, like, well, take the kids to the beach for a little bit just to go over there for lunch. Casey Chufa's friends own it. Yeah, Autumn does a great job. She's a sweetheart. Um, They are very invested. I know people get a little touchy about outsiders coming in. Um, they're from LA as well, but they are doing their best to honor. But they partnered with a local, a local couple. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's the? Uh, it's the in-law, uh, brother-in-law. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm gonna count it. Yeah, <laughs> it's Omega. Yes. Yes. And so I, just, I know his brothers. Their music. Anyway. I just love because they want Halfway Station to have that history still, and yeah. so honoring that right and being a part of it. Um, it's you great. You gotta my, check it well, out. We used to go when it was um, Last Stage West. Last Stage West, actually, yeah. one of my first dates with Jake there. Never went to Last Stage West. And it was wonderful. The people who played music there all the time. It was a pretty remarkable place. But yeah. he, on one of our first dates, took me there, and to prove that I was worth being interested in, I ate their big burger that you like get your picture on the wall. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and he was impressed. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I stank for three days after that. But Last Stage West was cool too because they had the music. Um, but just so it's, 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 I don't think it's I don't I shouldn't say I don't know for sure, but I know they have music. I don't know if it's every like specific. They yeah. were or, doing a lot more music, pandemic life. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they built an outdoor stage now, so awesome. they do have outdoor music because cool. before it was just kind of in a nook inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. So come to Atascadero, visit Wild Fields, yeah. take a travel down the 41. It goes both ways now, all day. Yes. Yep. Congratulations. <laughs> this Look is at some, this. This is something uh, upcoming Saturday for me. I think I was, I'm going to have to redo this. Because I want to so skip good. the... Uh, see, I love the beach. I've been there. I don't surf. And my family always wants to go there. And I'm like, okay, so I sit there in a chair for like three and a half you hours. You get an RV for $1,000. <laughs> So but, I've been going like I'll take I'll take try and take my guitar or something something because I'm yeah. or like I dig a hole I, I I'm like sure. I need something to do I don't, I'm not I'm just gonna I sit and like lay out yeah. at the beach like yeah, I'm like I'm not I need something going on yeah man we're gonna make 
Mr. Cross here a beach kit. I already have lots of ideas. <laughs> oh, good. My family will love you for it. We Get actually, busy. driving here, we found the, we drove past Sister Ubot, our RV off of, for $1,000. Yeah. She's beautiful. No Her way. Honey buns. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I bought, well, kind of an RV, but it's just a 78 Dodge uh, van. Yeah, your Dodge van is adorable. <laughs> I'm looking at it right and now. And you've been doing such a great job getting it, like. Thank you. Creepy looking. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and at first, everyone's like, "Oh, you got a molester van." I'm like, "Can we stop saying that?" Yeah, that's, right. That's not, that's not encouraging at all. And, uh, at least yours has more windows. Though. <laughs> it does. It's yeah. it's big giant windows. Yeah. yeah. See, we yeah, we've got windows. It's fine. No, you gotta see. It's the 18 van. Yeah. Something. Well, it's the more the mystery machine. No. Okay. 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 Yeah. You guys, we've kept you so long, and I want to ask you: This beer was so delicious, Matt. I can't believe there's nothing in your glass right now. That's how. Yeah. I'm all, what are you talking no, about? No, 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 no. Um, let me ask you what I ask everybody at the end, which is on your last day on earth, when you um, are going to celebrate a really good life, well lived, what would you eat? What would you drink? And who would be there? Wow. Right? It's a heavy mm. question. That's a heavy question. To, to drop on you with no guys. thought process <laughs> at the end of a conversation. Um. I would probably want a little bit of, I don't know. I'm a person that likes a little bit of everything. So That's fine. What, like, it's what? your call. It's your call. I would definitely have some of Eric's bourbon, because that's one of Ryan mm. and I's favorites. So Forager's bourbon. Um, I could probably pass on our beer, because I've had enough of it in this life. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. We drink a lot of it for free, because it makes me a cheap date. Um, a really nice bottle of red wine. And honestly, like, Clams and some artichoke dip. Oh, oh that's beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. I would just say for me, whatever is fresh and local right in front of me at that moment. Mm-hmm. I, like I like that. And uh, for the beer and the food. Oh, who are we going to have there? Are our children coming? Yeah. I love those. Just enough yes. hesitation of like, yeah, eh, I guess they <laughs> I know that's tricky. We four love, and seven. They're four and seven, tough. so that's why it's like that. Oh, but you couldn't relax. Yeah. Um, no. And if we were in honey buns, I'd be super happy. The kids can oh, be there yes. half the day. <laughs> half our last day on earth. Half the meal. Yeah. You're such a hey, share. It's, it's a whole day. You may as well. we'll bring him in yeah. at the end. Come say goodbye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and then we go to Sycamore Hot Springs and melt into the hot tub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's a very Central Coast day too. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jackie Ryan. It was so yeah. fun to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having us. us. Thanks so much for listening to the Consumed Podcast Tap Takeover with the Matt Cross. <laughs> it was super fun. Yeah. Thank you for introducing me to all these new, wonderful people. It was my pleasure. Okay. Time for a beer? Time for a beer. Yay! Woo! Consumed is produced by me, Jamie Lewis, and edited by Chris Lambert. To hear more stories from the eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers of California, to see guest photos, read their bios, maybe even get a recipe, visit letsgetconsumed.com. Thank you, and I'll see you next time.